In a very virtual world and with tight budgets limiting travel for many, it's pretty special when 5,600 healthcare improvers from around the world get together in person to share their work and to egg each other on to do better. One interesting fact about IHI's national forum, which took place last week, is that about half the people who attend each year are doing so for the first time, and that includes most of the IHI fellows who are with us today on WIHI, lending a fresh and unique perspective about what they experienced and encountered. <clears throat> Jeff Spellberg, IHI's Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, is a veteran of the IHI forums, and he and the fellows, with your help, are going to offer some highlights from this year's gathering. A signature aspect of the forum is the combination of big ideas and small steps that are on display at the same time. Healthcare improvement depends on both bold aims and discrete, deliberate ways of achieving them so that improvements can be reliably replicated in all kinds of settings. Do we need to push harder and faster in order to accelerate greater change? If we stay close to the task at hand and make slight adjustments, will we wind up just as far along? That's as existential as I'm going to get as we dig into our program heard at the forum on this edition of WIHI. And welcome to WIHI. We're an online audio talk show from the Institute for Healthcare Improvement offered bi-weekly and also for your later listening and convenience via IHI.org and on iTunes. I'm your host and producer, Madge Kaplan. I'm also IHI's Director of Communications. Two out of three of this year's George W. Merck Fellows are in the studio with me today, along with three out of four of the Health Foundation Quality Improvement Fellows. So we are gathered around a very, uh, well, state-of-the-art speakerphone. Uh, uh, we were having a few problems with our uh, microphones and some audio, but we hope we're coming through loud and clear. So welcome again to WIHI and our discussion heard at the forum. And to save some time, we're going to now scroll through some slides that contain bios and photos of all the IHI fellows who are here in the studio. A reminder, this information is also available on IHI.org. And when you log off today's program, you're prompted, you're asked if you want to download all the slides as well as the chat, and please say yes if you'd like to do so. Anything that we share in slide format today that you can't get at because you're just joining by phone, please uh, email us at info at IHI.org and we'll send that to you. So who's here with us in the studio? Well, here comes Jana Dean. Uh, with background as both a nurse and a lawyer, Jana is a vice president and the patient safety officer at Catholic Health Partners in Cincinnati, Ohio. Chris Grant is with us. He's the clinical director for critical care in Liverpool, England and he's engaged in multiple improvement projects in the National Health Service, or NHS, in the UK. Warren Wong is here. He's a physician lead for Medicare strategy at Kaiser Permanente in Hawaii. We've got Ajit Abraham with us. He's a surgeon at one of the largest acute care hospitals in the United Kingdom, Bart's in London at the NHS Trust. And Hassan Akban is here. He specializes in geriatric medicine at Warrington and Holton Hospitals. NHS Foundation Trust also in the UK. And a big welcome to all the fellows, and let me also introduce IHI's Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, Jeff Selberg. It's, uh, Jeff is a regular on the show. <laughs> Almost a regular. Um, during today's program, uh, John Gauthier, who's uh, to my left here, he's going to share a small selection, also some tweets from this year's forum. This Twitter feed is still alive and well as I speak, so you're welcome to check out the comments from the forum and to add your own as we go through the program and weeks ahead at hashtag IHI. 
And uh, a lot of things that we reference, names, sessions, speakers, reminder that all this information about the forum is still available on the homepage of IHI.org, so you can get at it that way. So I'm asking, as always, my guests to do the impossible, which is to boil down some amazing amount of material engagement into kind of few-minute snippets uh, just to give you some idea, and then we'll elaborate as we get into the discussion part of the program. So we'll do that until about uh, 2.30 uh, Eastern Time, and then we'll open it up to your questions and comments. And again, if you're just joining us, we've assembled a great group to debrief this year's IHI National Forum. So I want to start off with Jeff Selberg. Um, he, like many of you, if you were there at the forum, um, were listening to a lot of really interesting keynotes. They're always anticipated. This year didn't disappoint. Um, and uh, I've asked Jeff if he could give us some uh, feel for what we heard and what's kind of still ringing in our ears of comments from some of those major speeches. Well, thanks, Madge. Uh, my understanding is, is that we're all going to be gathering in the Bahamas shortly after the show, based on what I see in the chat. So right. I think that's remarkable. It's wonderful. Yeah. But just to get started, we had four keynotes, just like we always do in the National Forum, and I just wanted to briefly uh, go over them. I would say that um, the keynotes were really about inspiration. They're about heart and soul, about emotion, as well as the intellect. You know, we had Maureen Bisignano, our CEO, uh, started off, we had Michael J. Fox as our second uh, plenary speaker, then Eric Greitens, uh, who is a Rhodes Scholar, humanitarian, and Navy SEAL. And then lastly, we had our own founder, uh, Don Berwick, who accepted the Picker Award um, for our final plenary. When I go back to Maureen, I think about some key statements that she made. She said, leadership is envisioning. She talked about all of us building the collective impact building a collective wisdom and the importance of stories through that. And that all of us need to find the new truth by digging deep. And we move that new truth from personal to public to collective to political. And she talked about the four emerging aims that IHI is moving forward on in terms of working with systems and organizations, communities, people, patients, the public, and building individual capacity. Michael J. Fox, I think, was simply an inspiration by being there. It was quite a statement to see him there. And he told the story about how he initially hid his disease and then recognized that he was not helping anyone. And he talked about as an actor that you never uh, play to the result. In other words, you never foreshadow uh, what's ultimately going to happen. And it's about just taking the next step. So he was an inspiration, again, simply by being there. Eric Greitens, who had done humanitarian work in Bosnia, Rwanda, uh, went to Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar, uh, and then decided to become uh, a Navy SEAL, talked about the openness to learn, the courage to act, and leveraging uncertainty, you know, going beyond your limits to grow and evolve. And he said that he learned as a Navy SEAL that in order to go beyond your limits, you really need to focus on who is counting, counting on you. In other words, if you focus on yourself, you're uh, bound to collapse. He talked about bravery really being persistence. And the key is uh, a sense of purpose, uh, always having a sense of purpose. And this is all in the context of an organization, a foundation that he has created called The Mission Continues, to build a sense of purpose to disabled uh, veterans. Uh, he was a real inspiration. 
And then uh, lastly was our own Don Berwick, um, who talked about there's no place in our democracy for cynicism, and we can't wait for government. And he made his usual wonderful call uh, to arms for all of us to do everything we can to improve health and health care across the world. And I just a personal note about Don. Here's a person who had to go through an awful lot and ultimately was taken uh, out of a position that he loved and did really, really well in. And yet there was no cynicism in him. He said it was the best job he ever had, and he continues with that hope and optimism. So he's a model for all of us. So I think the themes were openness to learn, grow, and evolve, and courage to act. It was a wonderful forum. Thank you very much, Ike's Executive Vice President and CEO, uh, Jeff Selberg. And I think we'll see how some of these themes kind of weave in and out. And I want to thank you all uh, for joining. Uh, over, well, we got about 300 of you on, and I think there were about twice as many of you who did sign up for today's program. So if you like what you hear, please uh, let others know uh, in your organizations. All, everything we do today will be archived and available on IHI.org. I want to turn next to Jana Dean. Uh, Jana Dean, who hails from my birthplace of Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> and uh, uh, doing some amazing work. Our fellows have been with us now for four months. Uh, the forum is something they really dive into, and we were able to tap uh, them for all kinds of things, including uh, not only do some of the fellows actually present at the forum, but also um, all of them contributed little items to our uh, This Week at IHI Bulletin. So, Jenna, uh, sort of take it away in terms of what were some of your experiences and impressions. Thank you, Matt. I am uh, probably I, the only veteran uh, forum attendee of the fellows, so this was my eighth forum, Okay. Um, but in a different hat. And the best part of this year's forum for me was the involvement of the patients. The patients at this year's forum were in the front of the room. I, I, I had a sense, or I, I knew there were patients um, in past forums, but not like this year. They were in the front of the room. They were leaders. They were content presenters. Um, they were actively engaged, and what they showed us was that if we're really going to transform healthcare, they're going to have to direct us, inspire us, be with us, and tell us how to do it. And I think that was a message in Don Berwick's plenary um, and a way he succeeded in the month that he had at CMS was to always think of the patient. He talked about that sign being on the desk from the minute he got there till the minute he left. He talked about that being the advice that Maureen gave him on how to succeed in his new position, to um, speak of the patient, to ask several times a day, how will it benefit the patient? And I think those are wise words for all of us. It certainly was my biggest takeaway from the forum this year. Okay. Uh, thanks, Jenna. And just a note, um, some of you who may have been at the forum, there were at least almost 20, if not around 20, uh, people who identify as coming into this work uh, by, you know, um, through the root of a patient experience, either their own or a family member's. And this was the first year that uh, all the, many of these folks actually were presenting as faculty, and that was a big breakthrough, I think, and one that's going to be built upon. So that's Jana Dean. I'm going to turn next to Ajit Abraham, um, 
who uh, also um, it's sort of picking up on this theme as we were preparing for the program, Ajit said that he felt affected by in both his heart and his head uh, by this year's event. So uh, take it away, Ajit. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much, Madge. <clears throat> um, this was my first forum, and um, I hope it's um, first of many more. Um, and a lot of what I'm going to say is going to echo what Jeff said, but I've had some time to reflect on what made it such a wonderful experience for me. And I think it was the sense of having twin threads of inspiration, but also stories of exemplary execution, uh, which is interwoven throughout the entire experience for me. And so the inspiration flowed, first of all, from just being amongst you know, 5,000 odd people who all are like-minded and share the same commitment. And there's a tremendous sense of encouragement and strength from knowing that, you know, I'm not alone and we are not alone in our improvement journeys and endeavors. Um, all of the keynotes, Don, Maureen, Michael, Eric, were inspirational. Um, for me, Eric Greitens in particular stuck, struck a very uh, deep chord. I mean, I found his challenge to us to find the courage when confronted by grave challenges to persevere each day in the service of others, and through that service to find our own true transformation, um, truly um, inspiring. Uh, but then there were also sessions which demonstrated how we can actually go about and operationalize this inspiration. Um, I was fortunate to attend uh, two sessions that I would want to briefly mention. The first was a session by the Cincinnati Children's Hospital um, on managing by prediction and this kind of provided a blueprint on how you go about becoming a high-reliability organization that is proactive in anticipating and avoiding harm to patients. I mean, it highlighted the importance of leadership in developing a very clear vision and strategic alignment that is shared by one and all, from the top leadership all the way through to the front line. And what was of particular interest to me as a surgeon was how they had designed and sort of systematically transformed not just their uh, operating room practices, but the entire perioperative pathway in a very patient-centered way uh, based on situational awareness and anticipation and mitigation of risk. And they've actually achieved some amazing outcomes, including what I understand as a remarkable 490 days without serious harm to surgical patients, which is um, uh, just fantastic. And then there's the North Shore Long Island Jewish session, which I attended, which was more about the challenges of leadership. And uh, this was an example of how transformational leadership can move an organization towards exceptional outcomes uh, for its patients. A, of particular interest to me was their in-house center for learning and innovation. And I think this is a great example of how organizations can recognize and foster and build internal leadership capacity and capability. I mean, this is clearly a learning organization that is equipping itself to meet the challenges of complexity by empowering, educating, and developing its own staff. By their own admission, neither of these organizations are perfect yet, and their impressive improvement journeys have been very long and not without significant challenge. But I felt their stories gave me a sense of what is truly possible um, if we all set our collective hearts and minds to something. So if I were to sum up the forum experience for myself in a sentence, I would say sustenance and substance for the improvement mind and poetry for the improvement soul. <laughs> Which is, is uh, poetry uh, in and of itself. So uh, thank you very much, Ajit Abraham.
A reminder, you're tuned to WHI, and I'm your host, Madge Kaplan, and we're unpacking some highlights from last week's 23rd Annual National Forum. I'm going to turn next to Chris Grant. Um, about 300 students out of perhaps more than 70,000 who now engage with IHI's open school, who are registered in virtual uh, or actual uh, connection to the um, uh, endeavor, um, about 300 students attended the conference, and um, I'm not sure, Chris, that you met all of them, but you probably met a fair number. And uh, so maybe maybe start there in terms of what struck you. Sure. Um, thanks, Madge. Well, um, a little bit like a GSA, I'm uh, a first-time attendee at the uh, at the American version of uh, the forum. I've been to the international forum before, but uh, this was uh, a pretty uh, uh, pretty fundamental change in my own uh, clinical beliefs and clinical practice. I think I think it was uh, just a uh, a truly inspiring event, but I think one of the highlights for me was this next generation of healthcare leaders. Um, as Jan has already pointed out, what was very dominant to me was the the, the prominence uh, of patients. But what really struck me, I think, is the figures you gave was uh, we had over I think it was 337 students and residents attending the forum, and that's uh, the, the most in the forum history. And it wasn't just their attendance, I think it was their participation. There was over 50 storyboards, and it was the quality um, of the, the productions that the students and the residents sort of brought to the forum that really grabbed my attention. Um, there was a, an interesting sort of spread, I think. Uh, what really um, was notable is that the student network is phenomenal. Um, the, the chapters themselves are present in over 51 countries across the world. Uh, within the states itself, they're present in 46 out of the out of the, the United States. Um, so it's a pretty uh, phenomenal, widespread community. Um, but what was really inspiring, I think, was the fact that they're already uh, taking the lead in, in quality improvement. And, and one of the particularly inspiring um, episodes that I was witness to was uh, a project called Hear Our Voices. Um, and that was undertaken by uh, um, one of our colleagues, Andy Carson Stevens, who's from Wales in the United Kingdom, uh, and Jay Bat from, from Boston, from here in Boston. And essentially what they were doing, they were teaching both students and residents um, the true value and indeed the basics of interviewing patients uh, to find potential improvements within their own local system. And I think what that shows is that we don't have to rely on the chief execs and the established sort of uh, uh, hospital organizations to, to show us where the true north is. We can look towards our next generation of healthcare leaders to help us guide and drive quality improvement forward. Um, so uh, one of the um, IHI sort of adages is what we can do next Thursday. Um, one of the things I've learned is that when I go back to uh, the United Kingdom, um, somehow to hook the next generation um, of, of quality improvement um, uh, healthcare workers is critical to the way we move things forward, but also to be um, actually phenomenally positive about the future, um, that this next um, uh, level of, uh, of healthcare professional is going to be um, far more uh, in tune with healthcare improvement and far more in tune uh, with quality improvement techniques and, and ethos. But I think the future is is actually far more rosy than than perhaps any of us in the current um, coal face feel. Um, and I think just to finish, I think one of the things that resonated was uh, with Maureen Bisignano's uh, speech, where she she reminded us all that there was an army of willing students out there. Uh, and I think that's something that we all really need to sort of remember and take home. That was my sort of dominant uh, reflections from the from the forum. Thanks so much. Uh, that's Chris Grant. And uh, you're tuned to WIHI, and we're uh, debriefing uh, the most recent IHI National Forum. 
Uh, Chris made a reference to a storyboard, I believe, uh, from the students, uh, Andy Carson's from Wales. Hear Our Voices, I think you said was the name of it. If you hear of any references uh, to storyboards, um, a lot of that is in a bunch of our databases and not uh, yet available, all of it on IHI.org. Uh, feel free to uh, email info at IHI.org and make reference to that, and we can dig that up. Andy is, is a delightful person, and I'm sure he'd be more than happy to tell people more about the project. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Warren. Um, Warren, uh, I think, um, uh, could probably uh, use a show unto his self, um, but we're going to work on that for 2012 <laughs> because Warren is just, you know, taking up quite a bit and thinking hard about just about everything he's encountering. So I feel uh, slightly guilty about, you know, confiding you to a few things here, but give us some highlights of, of some of the things that you took away uh, from this year's forum. Welcome. Okay, thank you, Madge. Um, well, first of all, I went to a session that really talked about uh, how do we create uh, an IT system that which is person-centered, and uh, that was presented by two former IHI fellows, uh, Brian Robson, who's the medical director for healthcare improvement at the NHS Scotland, and uh, Jacqueline Hunt, uh, who's the director of quality and information at the Bell and Healthcare System. And the take-home point that I got from this is when they looked carefully at what uh, was required for person-centered um, IT, they, they actually asked uh, patients, and the answers they got were surprisingly similar to the answers that were given by healthcare professionals themselves. Uh, there were five categories. Uh, some of them are pretty clear to us. First of all, that uh, an IT system uh, needs to be a reliable source of information uh, quickly and easily. Uh, secondly, that it enables the best care possible, certainly to uh, help enable best practice guidelines, uh, assure safety, and uh, this was the perspective from patients as well. Um, a third area was that the, um, the uh, information system should actually help the patient become activated. Uh, the, the person-centeredness, patient-centeredness of it, so that uh, the uh, medical record uh, enables the patient to have a, a good understanding of their health care conditions and be a participant in their own health care. Uh, fourthly, uh, that uh, the uh, IT system should save time for everybody, uh, be more, help, enables health care to be more convenient uh, for um, for patients, as well as enabling it to uh, have uh, clinicians become more efficient. And then lastly, that the information is definitely secure. Um, those were the five domains. And it was interesting enough that the, the, uh, when the, uh, these questions were posed to patients, um, they basically gave answers in the same categories that the providers gave. And then, of course, I actually could spend all day talking about uh, the uh, Rethink Health Initiative that is uh, sponsored by the Ripple Foundation. And uh, for those who would like to hear more about it, they can actually go to the website, rethinkhealth.org. And uh, uh, a number of the fellows went, went there. And uh, it really did make me rethink. Um, we talk a lot of times about the tragedy of the commons 
uh, the concept that there's a shared limited resource um, that uh, multiple um, parties within the commons are all trying to um, act independently in their own self-interest to uh, obtain as much as, uh, as possible of that limited resource and ultimately that limited resource becomes depleted. And, and here's where the rethink part comes in. Uh, you know, we think that the answer to this is uh, by developing a new model of care or um, coming down with policies uh, from on top uh, that reshapes the thinking. But the rethink is that the answer is actually within the problem, that the answer is actually within the commons and that the stakeholders realize what's at stake. And that sounds simple, it's definitely not easy. And a good part of the, the uh, time was spent saying, how do we create a community? So uh, it started off with uh, Kate Hilton talking a little bit about uh, how you develop the will to develop, to develop a community. She said that you speak from the heart, starting with yourself. Then you listen carefully as other people talk about what's at stake for them. And then you put your hands together and work together as a community. Um, and um, there are actually uh, specific um, pointers about how to com uh, create a community and some concepts about community organizing. And uh, this was not all theory. Uh, the Ripple Foundation is uh, actively involved in the 29203 uh, Carolina campaign. Uh, and they've talked a little bit about how it went from um, uh, home meetings uh, to an enlarging circle of home meetings. And their launch is going to be in February of 2012, a community-wide launch of uh, healthcare improvements. Kate Hilton was actually um, a guest on WHI very recently, and we were talking about the effort in South Carolina, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, those are great. Um, thank you very much, uh, uh, Warren. And he's got more notes there, but maybe we can uh, dig at some of that. Uh, appreciate. So those are both really important uh, aspects, and um, I think there is this sort of innovative leap almost that's asked for in some of the rethink notions, which is to, you know, be willing to take the chance to see what a community comes up with, uh, rather than trying to find the answer for all uh, in, in one location or source. All right. Last but not least, um, Asan Afan is here, uh, another one of our fellows. And uh, Asan, um, did you uh, branch off from the, all these folks here? Did you kind of go your own way at, at the forum and, and find find the things that really resonated for you? I think uh, I did. I mean, I attended some sessions with the other fellows, but there were things that have really resonated with me. I've always been interested in uh, looking globally at healthcare. Um, and one of the things that attracted me to the IHI was the AAAM program where you look at population health and you look at individual care while at the same time trying to uh, deliver it in a cost-effective manner. And so I was really delighted to see an example of a local program in Sheffield by an ex-fellow, uh, Tom Downs, where he's working with the community and all the stakeholders in the community and there's some amazing work that he's doing there that is uh, leading to reduced hospitalizations and actually reduced length of stay in the hospital 
because of what, uh, what what we are doing. And even more amazing for me is a national program that's going to be rolled out by Sir John Oldham, who is the National Clinical Lead for Quality and Productivity, NHS England, um, which is titled the Chronic Care Model. And what they want to do in each uh, sort of region in England is to do a risk profiling of the population and then to target people who have a lot of comorbidity uh, by providing, providing an integrated care team to look after them and also to promote self-management. So I was really pleased to see that um, in England um, that we are actually uh, Walking along the principles of the triple aim, and I'm really looking forward to going back and joining in that work. Okay, thanks. Well, thank you. All right. Well, we've heard now from uh, a good kind of round robin of ideas, much, much more. And I want to, uh, we had flashed before a slide up there about some of the resources from uh, the forum that are going to be available in early January. And when John has a second, he'll put that one back up there uh, just so you understand some of the ways that you can uh, navigate that. And we'll be sure to make that very clear also on IHI.org uh, at the early part of the year. All right, we are now, um, we had some, we heard, we can see some chats already, uh, comments already, but John, why don't you remind everybody about chatting and uh, then we'll open it up for your questions and comments. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, just a reminder, uh, the chat uh, box is down at the bottom right-hand corner of your WebEx screen uh, and uh, make sure that you are addressing all participants when uh, asking us a question. Thank you. All right, so take it away. Um, I have, I'm not quite sure if this is a question for us or if George was speaking to some of the other people uh, on the chat already. Can one develop a community without some degree of alignment of financial incentives? Um, that's uh, certainly, I think, probably the issue of the day, and here I'm, I'm staring at Jeff. <laughs> well, well, there I, was a lot of discussion yeah. about, you know, do we, have we, are we working hard enough on making the business case? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I think Warren uh, spoke to this concept of the commons uh, and remaking health. And I think the foundation has to be, so where are the resources being deployed now and what value is being gained? And how do we redeploy those resources such that we gain greater value? And that's what the essence of the triple aim is about. So we're talking about population health, individual care, and per capita cost. Where do we gain the greatest leverage? So I think the first thing is, is that you've got to have that foundation of information to know what the commons is. Um, and then secondly, yes, it is important to think about how those resources are deployed in the forms of financial incentives or payments, how that ties to clinical models that are being, uh, that are being developed. So we think in terms of clinical models, business models, and infrastructure support. So the answer is yes, and uh, there does have to be aligned incentives, not just financial incentives, but incentives to the commons. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Warren. Yeah, and, and they really did discuss uh, quite a bit about uh, how to uh, successfully uh, organize a community uh, beyond the stage of developing the will to create uh, a community. What you actually must not do is you must not create the SCREAM team, S-E-R-E-A-M team, which is an extremely dysfunctional team because 
If you create the screen team at your first attempt at creating a community, you may actually have destroyed the community for years to come. And uh, there were some actually some important pointers about what to avoid with the screen team. One thing to avoid with the screen is if the team has representatives who may be leaders in their own organizations but basically are in there to just represent their own organization's perspective. You need people in there who have passion about the community and a desire uh, to uh, make the community work. Thanks, Warren. Uh, thanks a lot. Andra is uh, making a comment. Uh, I'm sorry, Laura is about whether we, the name of the conference should be changed to IHI's 24th Annual International Forum next year. It's a point well taken, um, given, I think, the ways, well, what's represented in this room, but also what was represented at the forum itself and how global. Um, I, I have somewhere my stats here about how many countries uh, were represented. It's at least 50, um, if not more, um, countries that are represented, perhaps even uh, the number is greater. Um, there's a conference uh, comment here from Andra um, regarding person-centered health IT. How much of this gap should be addressed by healthcare providers, and how much can be addressed by third-party innovators? That's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know if anybody even um, Andra, if you maybe you want to uh, explain more uh, the more of what you're thinking about. Um, I don't know if the implication here is that um, there needs to be this sort of third eye or third lens um, on uh, sort of helping with some of this, uh, that maybe providers uh, are not able to see it. Well, I'll ask, uh, yes. I'll ask Warren a question about this as he, as he thought about this and was in the session. Typically, when you have uh, healthcare providers uh, designing IT, they I, they design the IT system for their needs as opposed to the patient needs. And I wonder if Andra is, is suggesting that a third-party innovator might be, in fact, more patient-centered in terms of an IT solution that is for the, for the person or the patient that can cross all sorts of boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I'm speculating that that might, be, uh, that might be the answer. What do you think, Warren? Yeah, I think uh, the answer actually needs to be uh, three people need to be at the table, or three parties need to be at the table, the first party being uh, the patient himself or herself. It, uh, it would be a, a, a dramatically important so that the patient can see that the, the uh, medical record actually reflects that person. And I was in a discussion uh, recently with uh, a health IT person at Kaiser, and um, when they were talking about how to design a medical record, um, the emphasis from the clinicians was that they wanted to knew, know who the patient was, but that was misunderstood by IT in the concept of they wanted to know what the conditions of the patient were, what the diseases were. What the, the clinicians actually wanted is they actually wanted the, uh, the medical record to help them better understand who the person was. And that is actually still missing in the record. Okay. All right. That's, uh, anyone else want to jump in, Chris? Oh, it was just sort of one of the things I learned from the forum is that previous mental models and previous leadership styles have delivered us exactly the results we've already got. And I think with IT, it's the same as true, is that it may be that we're stuck with previous um, modalities of looking at IT and that if we change 
the images of what we project IT should be for, i.e. for a patient-centered system, then, then the traditional uh, barriers may not be as insurmountable as, as we perhaps once thought of. So that would be sort of one of the, the tie-ins I'd have from the forum and with linking it in with, the, with that IT question. Okay, thanks. Um, keep, the, keep the comments and the questions uh, going. Um, somebody has said the national debate in competing public messages on mammography is a great example of scream team quashing evidence-based practice. No sense of commons in that debate. Um, so that's from George, and um, there's also a, a question about the uh, the effectiveness, I guess, of uh, some federal programs versus if all the money came to IHI, which is a very intriguing <laughs> idea. We're, Thank we're, you. we're a small organization, <laughs> limited scope. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, I, I appreciate all that, and uh, I know you meant it seriously. Um, I, I, I think it's um, there, there's a role here uh, for everything. I, I was struck really by Don Berwick's comments that, again, the way he kind of exhorted everyone by saying, look, with the Affordable Care Act and many other things um, that have been laid out now and have been funded, the template is there, but he essentially looked around at everyone in the room and he said that the ability really to achieve this reform, though, is really in the hands of the improvement community. You are the ones who are going to demonstrate uh, where the cost savings can come from versus cutting. And it's really about improvement. Yeah. I mean, right. uh, uh, I think Chris said, said it, you know, if uh, you do the very same things that you've always done, you're going to get the results you've always got. Right. And so it's, it's really about changing the systems such that we we improve what we do, that we're more efficient and effective, the six aims of the IOM that IHI has always lived by. So it's about improving. Uh, right. And reform has to be about improving. Great. Thank you. Somebody has wondered. Oh, go ahead, Ajit. Yes. Um, I just, in reference to that um, notion of the language of the commons, I just think, especially as somebody who works in an acute tertiary hospital, I'm very used to seeing things through that particular lens. And the conferences I attend are surgical conferences where liver surgeons get together and talk about liver surgery. Yeah. But what's unique about this forum experience is that you're seeing people from uh, across the entire spectrum, and that understanding and that engagement allows everybody to appreciate where other people are coming from, and, and it's very fertile ground, I think, for actually developing that kind of constructive language of the commons. Right, exactly. In a sense, the conference is trying to create some of that commons uh, as opposed to just playing to everybody's uh, specialty. Um, somebody is asking whether IHI has any current IT integration and data management projects going on. Um, I'll, I'll, maybe we can try and answer that in a second. There was another question that wondered whether or not there was uh, any sessions, and there were indeed, uh, continuing on the discussion of good disclosure policies and effective crisis management. Yeah. And I do, again, invite everybody, anyone who wasn't there, if you just click on the information about the forum and the whole on-site guide that's there on IHI.org and you're wondering about a particular session, we can work on seeing um, what, what information we can uh, get you. And also, everything will be available in the early part of the year. We'll have it all up online in this uh, kind of nifty area of the website. Um, the, 
I wanted to just make sure that we don't miss out on, there was a CEO summit, as happens every year, um, and uh, maybe one or two highlights from that. I don't know if anyone else attended along with uh, Jeff. Uh, Christian Farman uh, yeah. from Sweden was there, and he, uh, I think, kind of knocked up the whole patient notion, uh, even a, a notch there. Um, because of his tremendous work in introducing the whole concept of patients doing their own dialysis. Yeah, we had two disruptors there. Yeah. Uh, one of them was Brian Kelly, who is the editor of U.S. News and World Report, and he talked about the transformation that his then magazine had to move from hard medium to digital downstreaming and, and what it took in terms of courageous leadership to change everything. And some people on his team were able to change and some were not. And he wasn't able to connect all the dots looking forward. Uh, it was a lot about intuition and uh, and moving forward and, and being continually disrupted. He mentioned the fact that they had this false dawn where they thought they had made the transition and then the Google search engine knocked down the advertising revenue from $5 to $1 per thousand hits on the websites. And they had to change everything. So we took that to say, so transformational leadership, what is it when you move from uh, a model cycle, the first curve, if we call it episodic care and fee-for-service, to a second uh, curve of coordinated care and bundled payment? And I think what Christian Farman did is he said, patients can be the disruptors in a very positive way. They can call for things that perhaps the provider can't call for. And what he called for was he wanted to do his own dialysis. He said, I'll uh, use my own bacteria, thank you. I don't need yours. I want to dialyze myself when I want to dialyze. I want to do it five times a week, not three times a week. And I can do that if I do it myself. And he had a very courageous nurse who, uh, who helped him learn. And so uh, the CEOs in the rooms uh, realized, as you say, he, he took it up a notch, realized that if you involve the patient, the patient can be the innovator. Right. That's very, very important. And I think uh, Christian's presence uh, made a, a big uh, impact on everyone. Uh, we have a, an interesting question. Jane here is asking, she would love to hear from any of you of a story that really made a big impression. Uh, so we I don't know if there was any kind of particular story that you heard, uh, any uh, anything that still, again, kind of uh, with you uh, as a result of the session you're in. Jana looks like you might have something. Yes, because I've heard so many stories in my work um, on the respective management of serious adverse events. Um, but again, with the patients that I had not met at this year's forum, I had the pleasure of meeting Del Michalizzi, and she was actually one of the co-chairs for the planning of this year's forum, and for the first time heard her story and realized the challenge that it gave to us. And her story is um, about the death of her 11-year-old son 10 years ago and still not having the answers and still not having the apology from the organization in which she died. And I think that that just was extremely moving and powerful to me and um, caused me to come back with renewed energy to do the work and um, the adverse event management work that needs to be done. And that was driven home by Eric Greitens, 
um, courage is truly persistence and perseverance. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a story that I walked away with and will be with me forever. Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Well, someone uh, yes. obviously heard Michael J. Fox's uh, uh -huh. presentation about the woman having the baby in the tree. Who wants to relate <laughs> that story? I had an eye. <laughs> there was no baby born in a tree or landing with the form. Right. It's part of the story. Right. Anyone want to recount that? Can you? Yes. Well, it's very briefly the story of um, a woman who was trapped by surging floodwaters in the Mozambique and managed to, heavily pregnant at the time, managed to climb into a tree and actually delivered her baby in the tree. Um, and then had to be rescued by helicopter with the baby still attached to the mother by its umbilical cord. And so when Michael's children come up to him and complain about uh, what he sees as relatively trivial world problems, he says to them, I have a lady with a baby in a tree. What you got? <laughs> as a bit of right, with a lot behind that. Okay, thank you very much. Well, we'll all, um, maybe we'll see if people begin to kind of uh, use that. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll start hearing that reference. Um, this is all really great stuff. Again, uh, welcome your questions or comments or anything if you were at the forum that impressed you. Um, I wanted to ask John now if he would just, we're going to do a quick scroll by here of some storyboard winners from this year. Uh, there were, as uh, I believe there were, I don't know, over 400 uh, storyboards, and this is a one way for anyone to engage with the forum every year. Uh, people also look forward to this immensely. Uh, there, uh, excuse me, for a few years now, Kaiser Permanente's peer-reviewed journal, the Permanente Journal, has been reviewing hundreds of storyboards exhibited at the forum in order to call out outstanding work. And they choose 20, uh, or this year they chose 20, for what they call the Service Quality Award winners. And uh, we're just going to go through these. And again, um, just to show you the range of topics, you can download these slides when you get off the program or ask for them in info at IHI.org. I'm just going to quickly give you the topics, uh, just to give you the range. Better care for neonates, including in Peru. Greater use of community health workers. Improved processes and care management for lower income individuals with diabetes. Better disclosure policies in the aftermath of an adverse event. Safety across an entire country, Scotland. Noting the type and extent of physical exercise, treating it as a vital sign more patient, effective patient-provider messaging systems, new processes to better understand patient satisfaction, new tools to help patients tell their stories more effectively, improved flow in the ED, utilizing rocking chairs, Ajit, to improve patient recovery from abdominal surgery, creating the Indian Health Medical Home, televisits when families and patients can't be in the same actual room, Video ethnography, uh, something Kaiser Permanente is doing to learn about patient experience. Video technology to prevent airway injuries. Therapeutic hypothermia post-cardiac arrest. Quality indicators for best dental practices. And ensuring that valuable information about patients gleaned from an electronic health record uh, doesn't substitute for the learning that comes from rounding and actual contact with patients and caregivers. So uh, Kaiser Permanente, uh, before the storyboard reception kind of breaks open on that Tuesday afternoon, they spend a few hours, and um, we had the great experience of actually, as we were seeking some additional information, of letting some people know uh, that they actually won, which was very, very exciting. 
Um, let's see what else. So thank you. Congratulations to all the winners. Uh, again, the key contacts and their email addresses are there. And uh, look for uh, some publication. Uh, all the winners are invited to submit an article for publication in the Permanente Journal in 2012. Uh, so those will be considered. So that's a, a great aspect of that. So let's see what else we've got here. Um, first time patient family presenter, that's from Libby Hoy. She says, I want to thank the IHI for providing an opportunity not only to share our story, but to identify myself as a partner and a resource for improvement. Uh, thank you, Libby. Uh, we are saying back at you. Uh, thank you for being part of that. Um, Let's see, Quality Forum had a webinar about using electronic health records to support quality measurement last week. How can we access the storyboards? Well, that is a great question. Uh, right now, there are so many storyboards. We have some work cut out for us to actually figure out the best way to convert all this work that people do when they uh, bring this material to actually um, uh, be able to look at it online, but we're working on it. And if there's any storyboard or some topics that you've heard about today that you're wondering about, just go ahead and email us and, oh, just go ahead and email us and uh, we'll, we'll look into that. Now, Warren has passed me a note about the International Forum, the New Zealand Forum. Is that something you want me to mention? talking about the international forum. Oh, right. Oh, absolutely. There is an internet. In case anybody is not sure, and you can find that info on IHI.org in April. April in Paris, um, and uh, where we heard that before, and uh, the international forum will take place as well. And there are other major global events taking place uh, as we Matt, yeah. is it possible that we could ask uh, our listeners a question? Sure, today, go for it. Going? Yes, we've got time. You know, uh, uh, Maureen in her plenary talked about the um, the forum never ends, yeah. and I attempted to move that concept forward uh, when I closed the forum. And I think the reason why we're interested in that is is that what we hear from people is is yes, I was inspired. It was a wonderful <laughs> forum, and by now. A week later, or almost a week later, they're back in their organizations, and the energy is depleted. And so I'm just I'm curious if there's anyone out there who has a question or an idea of how we can continue the forum, how we can continue that energy level, because it's it's nice to have that level of energy uh, at the forum. It's very reinforcing at I uh, for us at IHI. But what's important is, is the energy be in the organization to achieve the results that we want to achieve the improvement. So I'm just curious uh, if anyone has an idea of how we could be an effective collaborator or a more effective collaborator between forums. Right. Well, uh, great question, Jeff. And if people want to, uh, we've still got about five minutes. If you want to even just sort of quickly chat in some ideas for one another yeah. about what you're doing to kind of take the learning uh, and disseminate in your organization, uh, keep the energy going. Jeff, I think you uh, kind of got some prompt. That's yeah. a great prompt. Um, and um, 
we are there any discussion groups available for such a purpose? Uh, a terrific question. It's another thing that we're working on as an idea here exactly. at, at IHI, so it's great to know um, that is one way to continue. And if you, that's something that interests you, please uh, let us know. Um, I think we're still trying to figure out, you know, what are the best ways to um, extend and uh, keep whatever conversation uh, that you had. WIHI, what we're doing here, is also one uh, attempt. Um, a number of people are saying, uh, as much as we're assuming, well, you were there, so you know what we're talking about, people have to make selections and choices. Exactly. And so there's a lot that one misses. Um, now, the Twitter feed, uh, John, is probably one way you can at least grab some of that. Um, actually, before we uh, – well, keep chatting in your ideas. Uh, yeah, this is great. This is great because we'll uh, – for each other and we'll, we'll compile this. But, John, you had some Twitter, some tweets um, that uh, – I'm reminding Johnny we've created a bunch of things that we were trying to do for you today. And uh, there are some – if uh, John can find them, we can sort of remind you of some of the tweets from the forum. Um, uh, let's see. You want to go ahead and read them? Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll start off. We did have a lot of energy on Twitter uh, at the forum. A lot of folks participated. Um, I just want to share some of them with you today. Uh, Richard Corder said on Tuesday morning that audacious and simple, the first keynote, motivate, get results, innovate, join work, and stay vital for the long haul. Awesome. Um, Laxman Swami, uh, fantastic day at IHI, the open school, already learning so much and getting so energized. Can't wait for tomorrow. And uh, Laxman is a, uh, a resident. He hosts a radio program called Radio Rounds himself, uh, and he's a very active member of the Open School. Uh, Armin Krikorian says, Toyota stopped production during acceleration problem. Imagine a hospital stopping elective surgeries due to safety issues. Um, health Leaders uh, says, team-based medicine used to be between doctors, then docs and nurses. Today has to include patients and families. Right on. Um, Sherry Reynolds says, the patient is the boss, and we caregivers are the servants, and real reform comes from advocates, says Don Berwick. Captain Ellington contributed that a hospital is a human intervention and as such can be changed at any time. Uh, and, and, and this last one was my favorite, uh, and it, it, this goes out to uh, the folks at uh, the Health Quality Council of Saskatchewan who had their own hashtag going throughout the <laughs> forum um, and were very, very energetic. I'm sure they're excited. I can see them on the attendee list right now. Um, and one of their members says, quality is no longer an initiative, it's an expectation says a man that he met on the IHI shuttle bus, learning opportunities were everywhere at the forum. Um, so a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at the IHI all year round. Um, find out about new WIHI programs and other things going on uh, here at IHI. Thank you, John. That's great. And uh, we're learning a lot about all these. And I want to thank everybody. Uh, great question that you asked, uh, Jeff. It prompts all kinds of, oh, woohoo from the Saskatchewan. Uh, Council, <laughs> Quality Council there, and uh, we, we are thrilled that you're there. Folks are making a lot of comments about other things that would work for them at the forum, smaller groups, more discussions, ways to process things. Uh, that's, you know, and I uh, we want to uh, promise you that we'll look at all of this. This is a, a feeder into all our planning, uh, which gets underway quite early in the year, so uh, no, 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 no time like the present. Uh, 
And um, I think the uh, the notion of sort of further discussion groups based on the interests and things that uh, grab hold of people um, would be terrific. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to start to wrap up now, and I want to thank all the fellows. I want to thank Jeff Selberg, everybody who tuned in. Oh, that is – this is a tradition. Sleeping on the job Which again. is kind of waiting for the first keynote of, of the session. These folks uh, – they weren't outside Best Buy. They were outside the room where Maureen Bisignano was going to be speaking the next morning. I don't know what time that was, uh, but there they were, and somebody has a monkey there. And um, That was my monkey. That was your monkey. <laughs> I want to uh, tell people that on January 12th, uh, we're gonna, we, we, we are uh, going to take a little holiday hiatus. On January 12th, we've got a great program on removing barriers to better health and better care with medical legal partnerships. Uh, Barry Zuckerman, Robert Kahn, and Carrie, excuse me, Carol Beasley are going to be there. Talk about triple aim. Uh, these are these again. This is a real interesting, disruptive uh, innovation. Um, you can uh, check out our website for this program. You can enroll right now um, if you'd like. Again, as you get off the show today, you're going to be prompted. Download the chats, download the slides, follow up, email us at info@ihi.org for anything that you might be missing. The people who help make WIHI possible are wonderful fellows like uh, the, everyone who's here in the room. Um, a big shout out to um, Anthony and also Holly, who couldn't be with us today, our other fellows. Uh, Jeff Selberg, Mike Sweeney, Jesse McCall, Alan Olison, Vicki Minden, John Gothier, Jane Rossner, Val Weber, Matt Morse, and Kristen Shear. Uh, sort of looks like me. The music that opens and closes WIHI, the original arrangements by Aaron Flanders on guitar and Miguel Safasoa on piano. And I want to give a big thank you again to everyone who helped us plan this show. Thanks for all your ideas. We'll scrutinize this chat uh, very, very carefully, and we'll share it with all those who are involved in planning the forum and the kinds of things that can keep uh, conversations going. So thanks to everybody. It's my pleasure, as I always say, to host a program that's about um, patient experience and learning most of all for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. I'm Madge Kaplan. Good day, everyone.